Welcome to the preaching service of the Scotts Fork Christian Church. And I'm Otis Clark, the minister there. And we are so happy to have you sharing with us. This morning, we are going to be talking about a message, guarding our hearts and minds. What I have been seeking to do for the last number of weeks is to ask myself, to ask you, the things that we might do to help our fellow man during these very trying times. Needless to say, there are many things that I believe our Lord would like for us to do. And what I'm doing is uh, I'm turning to Galatians 5 and reading the fruit of the Spirit. And again, I'll help but feel that if we seek to uh, follow the teachings of Paul to the church at Galatia and seek to produce the fruit of the Spirit, that certainly we can be a blessing to many, many people. And also to realize what we're talking about today, and we're speaking because it zeroes in on peace, guarding our hearts and minds. Let's read, first of all, from the Philippian letter, Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Certainly, uh, it is good for us at all times and our prayers and in our petitions to the Lord to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do for you as I live my life? And as if you seek to be a student of the Bible, a student of the word, you will find out, needless to say, that there are many things that would please our Lord if we would only do them. And so this morning, we keep in mind that we are thinking about our shut-ins, and I think they're listening every week. And uh, and and remember also as we share uh, to remember the many who uh, are very ill, the people who are in nursing homes, uh, our service people, our shut-ins. We never, never want to forget the beauty of, and the profoundness for praying for each one of these entities. Minister Kenneth Sauer made a statement. He said, I got an email from a friend living in another state. And she writes, everything feels uncertain. My mind often jumps to to worst case scenarios. I have no control over this pandemic, no control over who visits my parents, no control over whether a loved one will contract, contract, I beg your pardon, COVID-19. No control over the lockdown in my city. 
no control over whether another recession is on the horizon. I'm worried. I'm a Christian and I'm worried. And what, if anything, can I do about it? Perhaps maybe many of us and a lot of us could identify with what this particular lady said in her email. But what I want to see this morning is think about what we can do as a Christian to make for a better world, better America, see healing in the land, see more love, more kindness, more of the things that are mentioned in Galatians 5. I want to read Galatians 5.22 again very quickly uh, because we're going to, we have talked about love, we've talked about joy, and uh, we tonight we're going to talk about peace as we are, have read from Philippians 4, 4 through 9. And the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, forbearance, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. First of all, I would like to share with us that it may seem strange that the letter in which Paul writes the most about peace, the most about joy and rejoicing is in the Philippian letter. He was in prison, as I'm sure all of you know, And in this Philippian letter, it's unbelievable how much he writes about peace, about joy, and about rejoicing. He did not know whether he would be set free or if he would be put to death. But in the midst of this terrible difficulty and an uncertain situation that Paul writes about, discovering the secret of peace and joy in Christ Jesus my friends, we need to understand. And I know I mentioned this and mentioned this and mentioned this, but it just seems so appropriate to do it, is that Jesus Christ is the best friend, a true friend, one that sticketh closer than a brother uh, that you will ever have. So when we look at this uh, in the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, and if you read just right before what we read is uh, that you'll notice that Paul said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned to the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things or all of this through him who gives me strength. Friends, I want you to listen closely to this next statement. Paul has found a source of happiness that will never fail. You know, as we're sharing in these challenging times, people are getting a lot of happiness from different things. And right now, those particular things may be shut down and we are not being able to share in them. But you see, if, if we have sought to challenge ourselves to be a responsible person, to understand that probably is very advantageous to ask, you know, how did I get here? How am I continually sustained? How can I know a hope that encourages me, encourages me to persevere and continue on? Then when we do this, it will help us to see our need for our creator, our sustainer, 
our Redeemer, and our hope. And so when we look at Paul, he had found the source of happiness. It consists in an ongoing relationship with the risen Christ, who has already gone through the lowest point of the human condition. Paul's life, friend, was rooted in Christ. Now, friends, I want to submit to you, no individual will go through this world and listen to the things and attend to the things that are important unless he and she, unless they do a lot of thorough and in-depth thinking and looking at all that makes up uh, this world. Uh, I have probably mentioned maybe since we have started the podcast that there are four things really in life. God people, things, and self. Now what you, what I do with Christ will determine how we respond to those other three things. God, where he is in our life, will determine how we respond to people. It will determine how we respond to things. And it will determine how we respond to self. And friends, I want to suggest to you that If we can get all of that in a decent perspective, we will be well on our way to sharing in a meaningful relation with our Heavenly Father and in a meaningful relationship in life. Rooted in Christ, Paul's experiences a joy that nothing can take away. Whether he lives or dies, whether others shower him with praise or contempt, all is the same to him when it is seen from the standpoint of his relationship with Jesus Christ. And that kind of God-given peace and joy does not make natural sense. It is a gift from God. Let's all ask ourselves that as, and I trust everyone is seeking to be a student of the greatest book in all the world, the bestseller, and always will be. Paul in Isaiah, he says, I will not return to my word void. Powerful, powerful, powerful words. And so as we look into God's word, we know that uh, uh, it is a gift from God. And it's, it's down deep. And it is so profound and so meaningful. You know, the Bible tells us that God isn't indifferent about the details of our lives. Now let me say that again, is that God isn't indifferent about the details of our lives. Friend, you will never have a greater individual in all the world who will care for you like Jesus Christ. I have seen it in my life, in the valleys, he has restored my soul. On the mountaintops, he has rejoiced with his children. And so we need to understand that as we think about this peace, about guarding our hearts and minds, that God knows us personally. God cares about us personally and deeply, and nothing is out of God's control. Humanly speaking, my joy, happiness, contentment depends on my circumstances. I'm happy when I'm surrounded by friends, when my future looks bright, when I have a rewarding job. But stop for a minute, my brothers and sisters. What if, but if, my happiness depended solely on outward circumstances, it would be impossible to rejoice in the Lord always. Because no matter what, in this life, listen to me, 
we all are going to go through dark valleys and exhilarating mountaintops. We need to understand that that is a part of the fabric of life. It will happen. And we know that as we live our lives that uh, we all uh, are going to have problems. Uh, We'll all have difficulties. But there is a peace of God which transcends all understanding, which is available to you, to me, no matter the circumstances of our lives. You see, if we're hoping to find complete uh, happiness and lasting happiness uh, with the things that are outward, uh, with the things that uh, maybe we ha- somewhat have control over, then we're going to find that we'll find a time when they do not satisfy and they do not meet our needs. So as we think this morning, I want us to think for a second about this. is unbelievable, and that is the word for this kind of speak peace shows up nearly 100 times in the New Testament, a very important teaching. And it has its roots in the Hebrew word shalom, which is used a lot in the Old Testament. And what peace and shalom means is more than the absence of violence or trouble, although they can mean that. Both words signify the kind of well-being that comes from a deep relationship with God. The kind of wholeness that comes from having the image of God once shattered by sin and restored in those who believe. I once heard a preacher say that the difference between having peace with God and experiencing the peace of God is the difference between Jesus Christ being just your Savior and Jesus Christ being your Lord as well. You see, friends, could there be a grave need for people to think more seriously about life? It just seems that we are so worldly-minded, and it seems that maybe we have become too proud for our own good. And we know the Holy Bible says that pride goes before fall, and that we need to humble ourselves, need to think about those four areas. You stop and think about it. Those four words cover the entire thinking, uh, you know, it encompasses everything, God and people and things and self. And many people, first of all, do not have any kind of perspective about God and have not given him a chance. And I just encourage you to do that. I'd be happy to help you in any way that I could. And so that is so far, so important. So having the peace of God which transcends all understanding is a free gift from God that we learn to cultivate through bringing everything to God in prayer and with thanksgiving. The peace of God. I feel strongly, and it's sad that I feel this way, but probably there are, yea, thousands upon thousands who are in dire straits, and they're saying, I would just give anything in the world that I can could have peace of mind. I would just give anything in the world that I could share in some tranquility. Friend, you can. God sent his Son not into the world to condemn the world, but that through him that we might be saved. Our sins ridden, our sins taken away, 
and we become his child. And we uh, have to start at a snail's face, so to speak, and then we keep building on that, and we see the beauty of responding, listen to me now, responsibly to the call of God upon our lives, to guard our hearts, to guard our minds, use our intellect, study life, study life, study life. So, so important. And so having the peace of God, which translates all understanding, is so important. It really is a choice that we make. John Wesley used to say that a sour Christian is a sad thing indeed. When Paul's famous, uh, these words, rejoice in the Lord always, arrived at the church at Philippi, it wasn't to an untroubled group that the scroll was read aloud. The Philippians were troubled by external threats. They were troubled by internal strife, and they were happy to get a note from Paul, but they might have thought to themselves, Rejoice always? Really? Do you know what kind of a day I have had? But it turns out that Paul does know what it is to have a rough time. It is no accident that he talks so much about his own hardships in the beginning of the letter. He offers himself as an example of suffering to the Philippians. He's imprisoned, has enemies all over the place. Paul tells them that his response to all of this, I rejoice. And his reason for this joy is Jesus Christ. The things that Christ gives, listen to me, can never be taken away. They are eternal. They are eternal. He's imprisoned, like I said, all of these things. And he said, rejoice in the Lord because prosperity and happen times and the other potential reasons for rejoicing can be counted on to continue always. Jesus, in speaking in the, in the Gospels, he talks about you building your house upon the rock, you build it upon the sand, that it will vanish and fall away. Building our lives upon the great principles, the great teachings of the Holy Word. You see, friends, it's so important that we seek to have a good perspective of God, that we need to see that he sent his son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. He wants to be your friend. He wants to be your encourager. He wants to help you with your troubles and your heartaches. He wants to be everything that he can possibly be. You see, when our concerns have been left in God's loving care, the peace of God that is beyond comprehension will guard and protect our hearts and our mind. We can have security knowing that God is caring for me. And we can have sanity when we replace worry with faith and prayer. The prophet Isaiah, and he is my favorite Old Testament prophet, in uh, uh, chapter 26, verses 3 and 4, this is what he said. You will keep in perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord himself, he is rock eternal. And then as we read 
and, and Ephesians. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is noble. See, it's important what we think. For out of the heart are the issues of life. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so Paul says right in this very same chapter, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. You see, there is sanity right here, trusting in God. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. It includes giving our troubles and fears to God and then allowing the Holy Spirit to direct our hearts and minds, to guard our hearts and minds by thinking about good things rather than obsessing about worries. And Paul not only urges the Philippians and us to think about good things, he, and our, and he urges us to put these good things into practice. Let me say them again. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, put them into practice. Whatever is pure, put it into practice. Whatever is lovely, put it into practice. Whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put in to practice. You know, friends, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And the peace doesn't mean that we ignore the risk or the, the situation. Peace isn't saying, oh, everything will be fine. Peace doesn't mean we shouldn't take precautions for our safety and the safety for others. Peace is acknowledging that the present circumstances may be bad, but we have the opportunity to live unafraid because of a hope that isn't based on wearing a mask or developing a vaccine, but a hope that rests in a relationship with the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. There was once a king. He was offered a prize to the artist who could paint the best picture of peace. The picture that the king picked looked like this. The mountains were bare and rocky. Above them was an angry sky from which rain fell and lightning thundered. Down the side of the mountain was a massive rushing waterfall. Behind the waterfall, a tiny bush grew out of a crack in a rock. And in the bush, a mother bird had built her nest. And there in the midst of the rushing, angry water sat the mother bird on her nest in perfect peace. And someone asked the king why he picked this picture. And the king replied, because peace does not mean to be in a place where there is no noise, trouble, or heartache. Peace means to be in the midst of all those things and still be calm in your heart. This is the real meaning of peace. Paul doesn't simply tell the Philippians to stop worrying. He gives them the antidote prayer. In any and every situation, we can bring our request. You may be listening to this podcast and you have much on your heart, many things. 
I would say for the most part, and I say this often to our congregation, probably every one of you as you have come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is that you are carrying baggage, that you have something or maybe many things on your heart as you've come to worship here today. And, and we need to understand that God cares for you, for me. And God cares about you and me. Peter understood this when he wrote, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Let me ask a question. Have you handled, handed over ownership of your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Do you trust God with your cares and your troubles, your hardships, your anxiety? Every time you start to feel anxious, make the conscious decision to pray to pray about whatever is bothering you and hand the situation over to God and be thankful. Again, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day. We thank you for the realization that you can give us the things that really matter and the things that motivate us and lead us to live a productive and meaningful life. We pray for every listener. We pray for the world, our nation, those who've lost loved ones, shut-ins who are listening, people who have heartaches, who have troubles, who are discouraged with life, and I just pray some way, somehow, that these words that we have spoken, that they can be a challenge to all of us, that our Lord says, come unto me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Just bless each listener. Help us to be kind. Help us to be gentle in a world that is filled seemingly with so much hate and so much anger. Help us to be gracious. Help us to be forgiving. This bless all. In the Master's name we pray. Amen.